Section 5 of The Memorable Thoughts of Socrates by Xenophon. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Eddie Elfman. The Memorable Thoughts of Socrates by Xenophon. Translated by Edward Bishi. Book 1, Chapter 5. The Praise of Temperance. And if temperance be a virtue in man, as undoubtedly it is, let us see whether any improvement can be made by what he said of it. I will here give you one of his discourses on the subject. If we were engaged in a war, said he, and were to choose general, what would we make choice of a man given to wine or women, and who could not support fatigues and hardships? Could we believe that such a commander would be capable to defend us and to conquer our enemies? Or if we were lying on our deathbed, and were to appoint a guardian and tutor to our children, to take care to instruct our sons in the principles of virtue, to breed up our daughters in the paths of honor, and to be faithful in the management of their fortunes, should we think a debauched person fit for that employment? Would we trust our flocks and our granaries in the hands of a drunkard? Would we rely upon him for the conduct of any enterprise, and in short, if a present were made us of such a slave, should we not make it a difficulty to accept him? If then... We have so great an aversion for debauchery in the person of the meanest servant, ought we not ourselves to be very careful not to fall into the same fault? Besides, a covetous man has the satisfaction of enriching himself, and, though he take away another's in state, he increases his own, but a debauched man is both troublesome to others and injurious to himself. We may say of him that he is hurtful to all the world and yet so more hurtful to himself, if to ruin, not only his family, but his body and soul likewise, is to be hurtful. Who, then, can take delight in the company of him who has no other diversion than eating and drinking, and who is better pleased with the conversation of a prostitute than of his friends? Ought we not, then, to practice temperance above all things, seeing it is the foundation of all other virtues? For without it what can we learn that is good? What do that is worthy of praise? Is not the state of a man who is plunged in voluptuousness a wretched condition both for the body and the soul? Certainly, in my opinion, a free person ought to wish to have no such servants, and servants addicted to such brutal regularities ought earnestly to entreat heaven that they may fall into the hands of very indulgent masters, because their ruin will be otherwise almost unavoidable. This is what Socrates was wont to say upon this subject. But if he appeared to be a lover of temperance in his discourses, he was yet a more exact observer of it in his actions, showing himself to be not only invincible to the pleasures of the senses, but even deprived himself of the satisfaction of getting an estate. For he held that a man who accepts money from others makes himself a servant to all their humors, and becomes their slave in a manner no less scandalous than other slaveries. End of section 5